0: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Nerd of Paradise. In this episode, we'll be talking about Ready Player One and the novel Level Up. But I'm not alone this time. I have once again Micah Joel, my brother. How's it going?
1: It's going all right.
0: Good. We'll get into it more, but I'm really excited to see what you thought about Ready Player One. I know you read it. I actually haven't read it before. <laughs> Um, but yeah, neither of us, we haven't talked to each other since we saw the movie. So yeah, this is our unfiltered opinions and views, and I think it'll be really interesting. We both have uh, some unique perspectives, I think, and I think it'll be interesting to see what each of us thought about it. Um, so yeah, Ready Player One. So um, the movie was directed by Spielberg, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if that counts for it or against it in my book.
1: (laughs) I think it raises expectations a lot.
0: Yeah, that is true. Okay, first of all, before we start talking about it, just in case, you know, there's some people listening to a nerd podcast that haven't heard of Ready Player One, let's just kind of... I know, isn't that insane? There might be a few, you don't know. (laughs) Um, But let's just kind of give an overall explanation of what Ready Player One is about. Uh, Do you want to take this one, Micah?
1: Yeah, I'll give it a swing. So in the future there's a virtual reality system called Oasis that has kind of taken over the world and basically everybody's on it all the time and the the uh, creator of this program passed away and in his will he left a bunch of secrets in the game. And whoever could solve the secrets and find all the keys and get to the ultimate Easter egg would get full control over this global mega corporation. So, adventure ensues as people, <laughs> including our protagonist, try to uh, be the first to solve all the puzzles. Very and good. everything is based on 1980s um, culture for reasons that are not completely <laughs> explained in the movie
0: yes i'm sure we will talk more about that later (laughs) (laughs) to me it's a very interesting concept um also i don't think you mentioned uh so it's in the pretty near future what is it like 2040 something
1: yeah yeah i think so
0: so i that part i found pretty interesting yeah so let's talk about our first impressions what did you think
1: all right. Raw, filtered first impressions. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was a solid movie. I, it was enjoyable. I liked it. Um, didn't quite live up to the hype I was expecting from a Spielberg movie.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: was, I thought it was solid.
0: Uh, how many keys out of 10 would you give it?
1: How many keys out of 10? Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd give it a good 7 keys out of 10.
0: Oh, interesting. So I gave it 6.5 out of 10. Um, it's interesting. I actually... Um, would agree with most of what you're saying. To add to that too, I just I didn't feel connected to the characters like emotionally, and that that was kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, we won't go into like too much of spoilers right now, but uh, when certain things happen to certain characters, okay. are we gonna
1: have a spoiler <laughs> fence? We we can craft at some point.
0: Yes, we'll we'll have a spoiler fence.
1: <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll be we'll behave. Up until we get
0: to the fence. But yeah, so, yeah, just, but certain parts of it, I just, I didn't feel that emotional connection, which I thought was kind of weird, you know, Spielberg is kind of well-known, you know, you look at, like, E.T., where you feel so connected, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't know what it is with, you know, I've been disappointed by Spielberg before, um, and it was it was AI, that movie, I cannot stand that movie, um, <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same or not, but... Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's... Maybe it's when he tries to go into the futuristic stuff. He kind of loses something. I don't know.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the book... And it's been probably a good six months or a year since I've read the book. But it, it seems like I remember the book being slightly more... Making me feel slightly more sympathetic to the characters, right? You're more in
0: yeah. in
1: his head. You're You're more, you know... Riding along with his thoughts.
0: Right. And so you I... can
1: understand the, the pieces better.
0: That makes sense. I definitely need to read the book, too. I get I got the feeling, too, that the book explains more about what's happening, you know, in the real world, too. They don't really go into that much depth, I didn't think, about that.
1: I think the real world is kind of darker in, in the book.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Like, it opens with gunshots in the distance and nothing like that. I didn't get that sense of, like, foreboding danger in the real world. Hmm.
0: Interesting. That is... Hmm.
1: Except for one incident, which I can't mention until we're after the spoiler
0: fence. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> okay, Um. so do you think it was better, or do you think the book is better?
1: You know, books, books and movies are two different mediums, media. So... <laughs> It's really hard to compare. There were a lot of changes, right? So in the book, there's a scene where he has to play the perfect game of Pac-Man, which takes like, you know, six hours or eight hours or something, and you have to eat every dot and every energizer and Mm -hmm. every ghost, including that famous split screen on the 256th level. Oh, wow. Right? So that would not translate well to the big screen. (laughs) It's a geeky thing. It's a cool moment in the book. That that just would not work at all. Right. What would you do? A montage of of <laughs> <laughs> running around a maze and racking up keys on the bottom?
0: That'd be amazing. Um,
1: <laughs> not not many player one keys. Um, yeah, and this is from a guy who... I owned the uh, Pac-Man Fever album when it came out. Added <laughs> on LP on the little
0: 45. Nice. So let's talk about the um, target audience. I think you are the perfect example of who the target audience is for this movie for one thing um so you were born in the 70s so this is um my fun factoid for this episode is that ernest klein was born in 1972 and um holiday the in the the fictional um programmer guy who invented the oasis was also born in 1972 in the novel hmm. interesting hmm. i don't think so So yeah, so I thought that's kind of an interesting point, you know. Um, So born right around the same time as you, plus you're kind of in that field, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I thought that it's just a really fascinating concept to to have this whole society basically worshiping a type of guy like that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that would never happen in the real world. We never idolize tech people at all.
0: (laughs) Never. (laughs)
1: Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah.
0: There was a, a little nod to Jobs in there, I noticed. <laughs> so so that's pretty interesting. But yeah, I feel like, um, you know, like, nerdy guys about your age is pretty much the target audience. <laughs> I prefer uh,
1: geeks. Thank you very much. <laughs> geeks.
0: <laughs> I wonder if that filter kind of affects how you see the movie, too. I'm sure it does. I yeah, mean, probably. You understand more of the references, I'm sure, than I did, because yeah. you lived through them.
1: Well, partly. I mean, the the movie, the references in the movie are a lot different than the references in the book,
0: too. Oh, interesting.
1: So, uh, yeah. without getting too spoilery, one reference in the movie is The Shining, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, I've never seen.
0: <laughs> Me um, either.
1: Another reference, and you can see it in the trailer, is Iron Giant, another movie I've heard good things about, You've but never I have not seen that. Seen no.
0: Oh, it's like one of my favorite movies.
1: It was that was that from the eighties or was that
0: It's from the late nineties.
1: Okay, yeah, that's why.
0: So it, so in the movie <laughs> just
1: graduating did... from high school and college and yeah.
0: In the in the movie, did they add more stuff from the nineties, do you think, to appeal to kind of more my age group? Probably.
1: And probably whatever they could afford.
0: The rights <laughs> to get
1: all the, because that
0: was kind of the thing with yeah. um, those Shining, wasn't it? Like it, it was supposed to be something else, but they couldn't get the rights for it. Um, and I think mm. that might have happened. That probably happened with like Star Wars. I noticed there wasn't a yeah. lot of Star Wars. I mean, there, there was, was a
1: lot of war games in the in the book. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Did they even mention Heath. that in the movie?
1: I thought they mentioned it like once in passing.
0: Oh, mm. interesting.
1: But they're like all, entire scenes. He had to act out. That's cool. And stay in perfect lockstep. Also, that'd be kind of difficult to bring to the big screen, I guess.
0: (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, different audiences, you got to change things up a little.
1: There's two things in the movie that I really like, things that are just my sweet spot. So one of them was you have this confluence of things happening in the virtual world and things happening in the real world. And they parallel each other, and they come to the climax at the same point And and the character solves the thing in the virtual world, but they're still in danger in the real world. And mm-hmm. that's that in a lot of cyberpunk stories,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like like The Matrix. I'm thinking is a is a huge example.
0: Oh, that's and that true. I
1: like I like that a lot. And then the other thing, without getting spoilery again, is mm-hmm. the uh, nested reality sense
0: mm-hmm. when you can't
1: tell between
0: when oh, you're yeah, in. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Real world or the virtual world, right? Kind of an Inception, kind of vibe to it.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. So
1: those those are the kinds of things that really get me going about about a movie. And I thought I was happy to see both of those in 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 this movie.
0: That's cool. Oh, so I thought of another thing. Um, so the the evil corporation <laughs> IOI, is mm-hmm. that supposed, like when you look at it, it looks like LOL. Is that is that intentional? You think?
1: I'd don't think so. It really <laughs> bugged me that they're called sixers because I, one, zero, one and binary is five, not six.
0: Oh, funny. <laughs> I guess yeah. fivers
1: did not sound very good.
0: Interesting. So, do you think there's any, like, real-life parallels? Like, you know, we're hearing a lot in the news lately about Facebook and privacy concerns and things like that. What do you think yeah, about I that? Totally,
1: I could totally see Facebook loyalty centers springing up.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> the future is scary, <laughs> yeah,
1: if something like the Oasis really happened in this world, I think it would be far deeper surveillance right than than what the movie showed
0: that's true i mean we're we're already seeing those deep levels of surveillance, just like on social media and email and that kind of thing, so that would make sense.
1: Yeah. Okay. Before we cross the spoiler fence, the one thing that really <laughs> didn't work for me in in the movie version was that the villains seemed really incompetent. <laughs> like yeah. every time the IOI guys were storming in, it was just a laugh fest. <laughs> it was cartoonish almost.
0: It was funny, like I through the whole movie too, I was like I kept thinking he was the guy from um, America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end, I was like, Ben Mendelsohn? What? That was <laughs> Yeah, I
1: didn't
0: recognize him without the white cape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of almost had him confused with, I not know, my mind's going to blank. The guy from uh... Uh, Christoph Waltz.
0: I don't know who that is.
1: Oh, okay. The really, the really spooky German guy from, from uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. Oh, okay. <laughs> and lots of them.
0: But yeah, I know what you mean. Like he was, he was almost like a caricature. Yeah. You know, of like a bad guy, and like, yeah. Yep. He wasn't evil enough. He was just dumb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is why evil shall win over good. <laughs> It's
0: dumb. Yep. Gonna
1: turn that yep. one on its head.
0: All right. So, do you want to cross the spoiler fence? All right, let's about... do it. Danger. All right. If Danger. you keep pushing beyond this
1: point, it's on you, not us.
0: <laughs> All right. So, what do you think of the part where the guy dies? Now? <laughs> <laughs> uh. So the part I was talking about earlier, you know, like you know they, um. They or the bomb was it a bomb? I don't know. Did yeah, they explode yeah. the stacks where his aunt was living and kill her. Yep. like I didn't feel like that was. I didn't feel like that much of a loss. Like I don't know. Right,
1: right, yeah. It was. It came as more of a shock. I think, at least how I remember it in the book, it was like shocking. Yeah, and he didn't run back to the stacks. I mm. think he was like tucked away in his, his in his van cave. Oh. And, and anyway, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand the aunt. I, I in terms of character, I didn't understand what was going on with the aunt at all. Why did he? Yeah, I, I just didn't.
0: Well, was, was that different in the book? Like you know, like with her boyfriend or whatever. And... I
1: don't remember that part in the book.
0: Was he closer to the aunt?
1: Not really. Oh. I don't think so. Okay but in the in the book one of the five actually does die for real really yeah so the the malevolent forces were stronger i thought in the book
0: <laughs> wow so what do you think in the movie how did what do you think of like the ending the very end you know how they all kind of shared the inheritance and then they were in charge yeah
1: yeah i mean i, I imagine that that lasts for about 6 months and then they have a falling out
0: Yeah, I would have liked to see more resolution in the real world. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much.
1: Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, so so what happened to all these millions of people in the loyalty centers? Yeah. Is there a housing crunch afterwards?
0: Maybe they they used 3D printers and built houses. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So what would happen in a sequel to Ready Player One? Hmm... I mean Ernest Klein does have a book out Armada, which I guess is I haven't I haven't read it, so I shouldn't say too much, but <laughs> I've heard people call it a semi sequel.
0: Oh, so it's kinda of like in the same universe? I think so. Hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know, like like may- maybe like you said, maybe there's some sort of falling out and maybe it's like rival. Um, virtual reality worlds or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, these things tend to go in cycles, right? So you defeat the Empire, and then the First Order springs up. Yep. Do the same thing over again.
0: Nice nerdy reference there.
1: I have a bad feeling about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. All right. um, Do we want to talk any more about Ready Player One, or should we start talking about your novel?
1: Yeah, let's talk about the novel for a minute. <laughs> My target audience for the novel was exactly what we talked about <laughs> earlier here. Right, going for that that same demographic—nerd,
0: geeky no ch- nerds in their forties,
1: children of the '80s. Yeah,
0: <laughs> awesome. And kind of in your industry too, I would imagine, like Silicon Valley. Not necessarily though, huh?
1: Yeah. So, so okay. So here's here's the scoop. So, in the future, in the future, <laughs> suddenly all computers globally just stop working. All right, so, no. And this is all backstory. So, that causes, as you can imagine, problems.
0: Oh, wait. Can they I disc- ask a question real quick? Yeah. Is it the same? Is it like um, same time period approximately?
1: Kind of. Yeah. So, so in the book, it's around 2029. Okay. So pretty close you know, when all the computers stop working. Gotcha. Um, they discovered that really old computers still are okay. So there's not very many mainframes and, and <laughs> things like that yet. So all the museums get raided. <laughs> all the 8-bit technology continues to work. <laughs> right? So you see lots of you know, NES boxes and Atari 2600s. And <laughs> whatever people could, could dig up is basically okay. what's running That's the wrong. world. That's cool. So that's why, that's why there's an 80s resurgence in, in in that book. And so, you know, years pass. Um, characters who were very small when that happened are now teenagers. And one of them is Max Root. Min- mini spoiler here, he's named after Max Hedrum. So, his, because of his, his dad was a fan of that. Anyway, <laughs> he starts seeing these pixelated visions superimposed on, on his site. He lives in a tent camp on a Superfund site which is an actual site behind uh, what used to be Yahoo. Oh. He starts these pixelated visions, and they they get more and more elaborate. And then eventually it guides him into a hidden underground colossal cavern, and he discovers a virtual key that unlocks a door. And, and he discovers more and more depth to these visions until he starts playing through them and discovering that there's things at the end of them.
0: Hmm.
1: And starts unraveling this whole secret of why all the computers stopped working in the first place.
0: Cool.
1: And yes, there's an evil corporation called the <laughs> Level Up Corporation. And, and that's the title. And yes. See what I did there?
0: <laughs> Level Up. So,
1: so yeah, there's some competition to other people trying to get to the goal before he, before he does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Will he make it?
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Read and find out.
0: <laughs> All right. So... Um... You're calling it an 8-bit novel, right? Yeah. So let's talk about 8-bit for a second. Like, how would you define 8-bit?
1: So 8-bit, I mean, I'm not using it in the technical sense at all. Mm -hmm. So I've I've had some correspondence from readers who are like, wait a minute, what about all these 12-bit computers and, you know, PDP-11 and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is cool, right? But 8-bit, you know, think of like... Pixelated graphics, mm-hmm. right? Pixel art, or low poly. or so like, like uh,
0: chip- Mario, like the first Mario, like where it's like super yeah. pixelated.
1: So, I think late 70s, which would be like text adventures where you type in the commands like Zork, Colossal mm-hmm. Pattern, things like that. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. A bunch of Infocom games. By the way, I got to give a quick shout out to the Eaten by a Groove podcast. Google that. They're one by one reviewing all the Infocom text adventure games. Mm. Yeah, so stuff like that up to the early 80s. Think Atari 2600, Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Mario, Zelda, and basically that era.
0: Okay. Cool. Where did you get your inspiration for this book done?
1: When I first read Ready Player One, just, that really rocked my world in a, in a big way. It <laughs> was just really incredible that someone could cram so much of this stuff from my childhood into a novel. So this was, this was something that I had to I had to take a swing at.
0: Nice. So Ready Player One was a big influence. So uh, what are some of the similarities? Um, let's talk about that first. I mean, it sounds like the corporation is one similarity. Yeah. And they're both, both kind of like going on quests to get the keys, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, it's based on they're based on levels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, instead of having part one, two, three, four, my book is level zero, one, two, and
0: three. Mm. Like level so, up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, rolled the dice and ended up with a male protagonist for this one. So that's I guess that's the same.
0: Are there some other quirky like car- like sidekicks?
1: So let's see. There is a quirky. There's very many quirky uh, sidekicks in this story. <laughs> so, if you've seen the original Disney Tron movie, you will recognize one of the sidekicks. Oh, this might be a creepy '90s reference, but if you if you're familiar with Atolicus, what's he what's he go by? The Prince of Thieves. Another character will be familiar to you.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: And there's a character who shares the same name as one of the bad guys in my earlier novel, Broken Tablet. And
0: that's Mm -hmm. a hint. So is there a wider crossover here? Uh, There very well could be, yeah. So what are some of the differences uh, between these two books then? All
1: right. So I I think it's really hard to say for sure, but I attempted to use a lighter touch. On some of the references, right? So, so there's there's plenty of your princesses in another castle, and you've been eaten by a Gru, <laughs> as explicit plot elements, right? But I I wanted to avoid the potential criticism that it's just a big thick stack of cultural references with no character development. Mm-hmm. So there's 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 a definite character arc involved here for the main character and for the sidekick.
0: So, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, I I was reading on your Amazon page, and it says that there's Star Wars references.
1: <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. How could you have an 80s nostalgia piece without Star Wars references?
0: Exactly. But yeah, that definitely caught my interest when, when it said something about Star Wars references. So, all the Star Wars fans out there, you definitely want to read Level Up just for the Star Wars references. <laughs> so I know you did a lot of research for this book So I wanted to talk about that um, So what kind of research did you do?
1: So I worked with a, uh, a group called Sterling and Stone They do a lot of self-publishing And they had an apprentice program Where you could really work closely with those guys To figure out how to plan out a novel in advance How to target an audience and And how to deliver all the tropes and all the expectations that your audience would expect for that kind of novel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I put, I put a ton of work into the front end of this before I even wrote anything to make that land. So, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how, how the reception goes for it here.
0: That's cool. It's
1: officially launching on April 10th. Not sure what day this will go out. If you like uh, websites with little interactive things in them, Go to levelupcorp.online, levelupcorp.online, there's some, there's a command prompt there and you can kind of hack into the level up up servers just like they do in the book. (laughs) Cool. And then the, the, yeah, the main site is 8bitnovel.com. Eight is the digit eight, bitnovel.com.
0: Okay, cool. And then it's, you know, you can get the ebook or you can get the paper book, right, on Amazon?
1: Yeah, I just got the my first shipment of paper in. Okay. Looks pretty good.
0: That's so cool. Um,
1: all, yeah, that's incredible to hold a book in your hand for the first time.
0: Amazing. Are there any plans uh, for like pre- or prequels? <laughs> I guess prequels. Prequels or sequels for the Level Up universe?
1: I do. I have a short story prequel, which is the story of Molly, who's the main sidekick. Um, And that is available for free for anyone who wants to sign up to my mailing list.
0: There you go.
1: It's an exclusive uh, option, only available if you sign up.
0: Free people.
1: On the websites I mentioned before, there's a link to sign up.
0: Very cool. We'll definitely have a link that you can click on easily in the show notes that will take you there, too. So awesome. I think that's going to do it for this episode do you want to tell people where they can follow you personally on the interwebs?
1: My author website is micajoel.info. Come find me there.
0: Yeah. Thanks bro. It's been super fun talking all the nerdy stuff and I'm sure I'll have you back on again.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's do that.
0: Awesome. All right. So thanks so much everyone for listening. Um, if you saw ready player one, Go ahead and uh, let us know your thoughts. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Let us know. Uh, you could listen to old episodes on nerdaparadise.net, or you, you can follow us on the interwebs. Um, if you go to that website, nerdaparadise.net, you'll find a portal for all the social media accounts. All right, so that will do it for this episode. Until next time, stay nerdy, everyone.
1: <laughs> it's a trap.
0: It's a trap!